Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. For many salon owners, running a business is a little bit like having a baby that constantly needs feeding and nurturing. How great would it be to have a solution to keeping your business alive without being at all centered around you, without you being the one that has to nurse it, watch it, feed it, and be there 24-7? Something that you knew could sustainably allow you to go from working 40, 60 hours a week on the floor to actually spending more time with your family or actually going to the gym or health. Like truly have time for the things that you love outside of your business. But what happens is that salon owners, especially women, I think, feel guilt and this pull towards doing, well, doing it all, doing everything, juggling it all. It's a vicious cycle, one I know a little bit too well. So instead, I want to show you how you can continue to grow your business without being the one that's constantly doing it all, because it's not sustainable, really. I want to introduce you to Carrie Flynn, owner of The Virtual Simplicity, a marketing growth company with a focus not just on marketing strategies, but scaling your business without the overwhelm. Because let's be honest, you don't need to add anything more to your plate. Am I right? In this episode, discover how to set yourself both boundaries in your business and remove the guilt when it comes to business ownership and the art of delegation. So let's dive on in. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Really pleased to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Well, before we dive in, um, why don't we start with who are you, Carrie? Where do you live? What do you do? How did you get to be doing that? Well, I'm Carrie, as I said, and as you can hear from my accent, I'm in the United States. <laughs> I live in uh, Florida, which is on the East Coast near Orlando, which is where Disney World is. So that's where I live in Central Florida, pretty close, about 30 miles from Disney. Um, and I'm a fractional CMO and growth marketing consultant for professional service business owners. So what I do is I help them to grow and scale using sustainable marketing strategies. How I got there, that's a long story, but the short version is, is that I was a public school educator turned business owner and have loved working side by side with other female business owners and started in 2017 as an integrator, moved into the marketing side in a couple of years later. So it's been a lot of fun and I really enjoy it. So I'm on year six now, I think maybe seven. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> It all blurs in together. <laughs> yeah. However old my youngest daughter is, is how old this business is. So she's uh-huh. sick. There you go. <laughs> um, well, look, I'm really excited to chat with you because uh, one of the things that we commonly, both of us come across when working with, uh, as you say, service providing businesses, is uh, this guilt around being a business owner and how we juggle Mm-hmm. our lives with we need to be a mother we need to be a, a wife or a husband 
um, we need to run a business, we need to be there for our team, we need to be there for our customers. Um, it's And somehow we, we get left with guilt. I remember what this feels like. I remember being that person and I would be guilty at work that I wasn't with my children and I'd be at home with my children. I'd be guilty <laughs> that mm -hmm. I wasn't Thanks. looking after my team and leading my team and doing the thing. You also come across this. So tell me... Um, what are your thoughts on this and, and how do you observe it when you're working with business owners? It happened to me first. So I can say firsthand, I was in that same boat. As I referenced earlier, I was a teacher first before I was a, a business owner and I actually built my business while I was teaching for many years. So it is definitely, that came up a lot for me um, at the beginning, especially um, and then I started to notice it in other women who were further along in it because I've worked almost exclusively with women. It's not to say that I don't work with men. I have worked with some great guys, but it has come up more for women. I noticed um, a lot of the women I work with are also mothers um, and they have pretty high powered businesses of some type of service provision and they are juggling and balancing a lot. And so this particular thing came up and it really kind of, I think, stems back to a couple things. The first is um, it came up for me and these other women more when we weren't necessarily focusing on our own kind of own personal care and own mindset work. That was a big part of it that I noticed is that there was a, a deficiency there. And when we would start to a kind of put some time aside to do that personal work, whether it is through therapy, self-care, mindset work, that guilt would start to dissipate. And then the other thing I noticed that we weren't doing is we had a big boundaries issue. <laughs> that was another one that kind of stemmed back to the guilt is because we really just had no clear boundaries around anything. Um, and when I started to put some really significant boundaries on myself in my own business is when I started to notice the guilt dissipating. So both of those things, when I was doing them, helped me tremendously. And I don't feel nearly as much guilt today that I did six years ago when I started. And for the most of the women that I work with, when they have instituted a lot of that. And now it's unusual for me to encounter that with a client now because they have done so much work. I will notice it more in someone when I can tell that they're not taking care of themselves in one of those two areas. Yeah, and it's hard to transition, I think, first to be aware that you're, yeah. you're walking around feeling guilty all the time and mm -hmm. to recognizing that you actually have the power to change it and not just yeah. this is what's happening to me or this is where I find myself in life. Um, I have to suck it up and live through um, to have the things that I want in my life or to even then feel trapped. I know a lot of uh, business owners that I work with now feel trapped inside their business or trapped with the, the weight of the burden. And then that's something else to feel guilty about. Oh, for sure. Um, Especially when you grow it, right? When you get it to mm -hmm. a place where you're established and you're successful, whatever that means to you, that will come up a lot. You start to kind of feel trapped or sort of in this odd cycle where you keep kind of going in the same thing over and over again. And that can feel hard for someone who would consider themselves a visionary or maybe more of a creative minded person. That's not an easy place to be. And so that's where 
you feel bad because you built this thing and then it doesn't quite meet the uh, maybe the expectations that you were kind of hoping for. I remember uh, my two when I had my previous business, my salon. Um, my two I see and I would say, "Oh my God, we've built a monster and now it needs to be fed." <laughs> you know, like it really felt like now we have to feed the monster. The monster's not feeding us. Um, yeah, and that that is the place that it starts to you know there's more than guilt now there's now stress and strain and the weight of a growing family or being awake all night and then having to go and feed them feed the monster yeah. so um let's talk a little bit about how we can unpack like what in, in your experience because I, I i too have first-hand experience of this um what would be one thing one step that someone can take if you can suddenly be aware actually i'm feeling that guilt constantly now at the moment too yeah. Um, I would say number one, just admitting out loud that it's okay to feel this way is really important that there's a lot of, and again, this seems to be a female issue more than men. Like I don't see my guy clients really talking about this as much, but it comes up a lot in conversations, um, with my female clients. And I think just being able to have a place where you can admit that out loud and it's safe is really important. So if you have a someone on your team that's a leader that you trust and or a I would even encourage you to consider having a trusted advisor whether that's a coach, a therapist, a friend, colleague, whatever to be able to start those conversations to have that you have a safe place. Like that's really, really, really important as a first step. Um, that was what I did. And my a lot of my other clients also have coaches or therapists or someone that they go to that isn't just focused on the strategy and helping them grow their business, but is helping support them personally and their personal growth, which is a really important need for all business owners to have. So you can decide what that looks like. You don't, it, it can be a therapist, but it could also be a life coach. It could be an, another type of coach, or it could be a friend that you boxer, doesn't matter, but you need that. That's that, that would be my number one recommendation is if you don't have somebody, that would be the first step is to find a support, support person. And then secondary that would be to put time on your calendar for yourself start looking for like 30 minutes a week if that's all you have to just get outside like do something that's nothing to do with your business that's just for you like it seems silly but it really does have a compounding impact over time yeah I, I actually I agree wholeheartedly with both of those um and the stepping into even even if it's only 30 minutes and then mm -hmm. building up over time as you mm -hmm. can eke the time out I think part of that's tied into boundaries I think, yep. I think that's like, we could have we could have a whole podcast uh, conversation about boundaries I could Harry. and I <laughs> have a lot um, to say about that topic too yes 100 um just go back to the guilt and I just want to add a third to your two mm -hmm. uh super important steps and that is my mum taught me this actually as an adult um is to just give yourself some time. You don't have to solve this problem today. And I think that's just another thing to be guilty about. So, right, I'm aware of this. I want to change it. Um, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'll be fixed by next week. I don't think we think literally 
I'm going to be fixed by next week. But we have this impatience that if we're not fixed mm-hmm. in the next week or month, that we're a failure, the system doesn't work. Carrie told me to do ha- half an hour every week and I, and I just can't, that, that system doesn't work for me. Yeah. I think we don't give ourselves the time to let it seep in. Like if I think about some of the big mindset work that I've done over the years, sometimes they take years to oh, really yeah. change your lifetime of habit and behavior and trusting yourself that, you know, um, things can be different. And so my sort of third step is be patient. Mm-hmm. built in a day and getting rid of guilt isn't going to happen overnight either that's a, no. it's, a it's a couple of years work really probably um not to say that you wouldn't be faster but yeah give yourself some space would that be yeah fair? and it's also normal too like our brains are wired to resist change it's just how they're wired it's they're there to protect you and keep you safe and so even the good changes the good transitions you're attempting to make your brain may naturally want to resist so you may experience some sort of level of resistance and that's extremely normal Um, and it's really just the physiological ways our brains are trying to keep us from danger it's just a lot of the new things aren't really threats, but they perceived as threats from our brains. So that's just good old science, like trying to keep us safe. So just know that as you attempt to make some changes, whether it's seeking out support or putting time on your calendar or getting into therapy or, or counseling or coaching with a, a colleague, whatever it is, it's pretty normal to experience some resistance there. So don't beat yourself up and give yourself a lot of time like you said that's so important hey are you loving this episode so far oh by the way it's Greta here salon mastery success coach at salon owners collective so i wanted to pop in and ask you something do you ever feel like you are winging it when it comes to your business you started your own business so that you could live the life you wanted with freedom that you wanted and great money and be a leader but the reality is the amount of effort you're putting in isn't giving you an equal reward. You're exhausted and you don't know what to do about it. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to get ahead. You see other people winning and seeing success, but how come it doesn't work for you? You wish you had a clear laid out plan, something to guide you in the right direction or help you with what to do next. What can you do that actually worked? In reality, many salon owners feel this way, you aren't alone. If you are nodding your head as you listen to this, then you need the Salon Mastery proven nine-part plan to grow your salon. That's right, no more winging it. The Salon Mastery nine-part plan has given hundreds of salon owners a plan to grow, build a rockstar team, attract dream clients, and become a salon CEO. Our plan will work for you too. To uncover the nine-part proven plan, just click the apply now link in the show notes of this episode. Okay, now back to the episode. Okay, let's switch it up a little bit. Um, One of the things that you really focus on, Carrie, is uh, marketing strategy um, and making sure there's a good strategy in place. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, scale. I love this word scale, but I just want to sort of articulate my version of scale because not everybody mm-hmm. understands well what is what is scale is it something on a fish not really sure um <laughs> if it were that easy me, that would be awesome <laughs> um, scale means growth with 
uh, unequal uh, amounts of input, input versus output. So if you want to put a small amount of input, you're going to get a, a larger amount of output. If you can get your business to a point where your personal input is less, but you still get exponential growth, to me, that's um, uh, effort of scale. Because what we don't want is more effort means more growth. So to get more growth just means doubling down on the effort or doubling down on the hours or doubling down on volume of activity. Mm -hmm. um, it's a bit like being on one of those bikes at the gym when you're, you know, it's not actually, the, the wheels aren't actually touching the ground and you're just cycling, but you're not really going just anywhere. Going and in circles. Yeah, and lots of energy is being used. So um, it's like going up a gear on the bike since we're on the bike analogy and you're pedaling slowly, but you're going a lot of distance. And to me, that's, mm -hmm. you need to get into that type of model to be able to grow beyond the hours that you can possibly work. Is that, is that fair? I would agree a hundred percent with you. Um, when you're moving from growth where you are putting in, like when you're building it and you're growing it, which is a good amount of hours input, of course, mm -hmm. to scaling, it's a shift in mindset and actual focus. So you actually are limiting your focus and limiting your direct involvement to allow the greater output to continue to move you up the you know, ladder, whatever you want to call it, mountain, so to speak. So it, it, it doesn't really work effectively if you put too much in because it may not be the effective strategy. So you can put 80 hours in and then it may not be as effective. So yeah, the limiting your focus is really important. Yeah, so there comes a stage and phase in your business when this becomes appropriate. You can't obviously do mm -hmm. that right at the beginning. Uh, when you're sort of in the operator phase or, you, or it, it's probably not quite ready in the management phase when you're starting to build mm -hmm. your team. But then the, the next phase after that, we can really get into sort of exponential growth. So let's talk right. a little bit about marketing in that particular phase because we were talking just before we pushed record about um, what got you here to the stage that you're ready to grow doesn't mm -hmm. always get you there. And you see this happening a lot in, in the marketing space. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, one of the things that when you're building your business that's helpful to get you started or to help you build is utilizing what we call like, I hate to call them cookie cutter strategies because it sounds really negative, but like that's the best like visualization I can see, which means like typically you might be in a coaching program or a mastermind or you go to a conference or an event and you get to see a wonderful like framework that someone else has used for their business that you can take and apply to yours, which is really helpful when you are building. It's super duper helpful to get you started. It makes the process a little bit quicker and more efficient. Um, however, when you are entering more of a scaling phase, so this is typically around like, you know, someone's maybe 500,000 in revenue and they're maybe scaling from there. So that's typically when this starts to shift in my experience, it's working with people is those cookie cutter strategies to help you to scale don't aren't always as effective. And the reason why that typically is, is because it doesn't take into account your unique selling proposition, your specific client that you're servicing, what's special about you and how you service them, like their specific desires and pain points. Like we're not keeping all of these very unique to you and your business things in mind when we look at these cookie cutter frameworks. 
And we also have to really narrow the focus. So we're not looking at this thing that so-and-so said would work. We're actually looking at your business, your numbers, like your past things that how that how they have performed. And we're looking at your things. And then we're going to take what you have done in your business and see how we can like deploy those things and make them more effective. So focus and fix versus just dumping a framework on you. Now, what I'm not saying is never, ever use a framework again. I'm simply saying that you have to really focus on yourself and be specific to your business and what's working well and how we can lean into that. That's so important. And there's usually some opportunities along a customer journey, especially in service-based businesses, that you may just not even see that's an opportunity because you're right in the forest of your business and you might not be able to pull yourself out of it to see it as easily. And so there's usually something really small that you might not even think about that can have a huge impact on your revenue or your bottom line. And those are the types of things you would focus on if you were scaling that may not fit into a framework or a strategy. That's cookie cutter, for example. Yeah, okay, um, I love that. Those um, standard operating type of marketing strategies are going to get you so far, but then you need to yeah. look internally and go, okay, what have we learned during that time? I would imagine that the focus then becomes on how well am I recording and reporting on what's actually working? Because mm -hmm. if you don't have visibility over all, of all of the things that you're trying, which the 80-20 rule, right? What are the things that are actually working? What are the things that just kind of are yeah. being ignored? So what um, reporting and being able to review what you've been doing becomes paramount, I would imagine. Very, very important. Now, now I'm not saying I haven't been in situations where <laughs> I've come into something and it wasn't quite as easy to find the data as I would like. So there have been times where don't shame yourself if you're listening to this going, I haven't been recording anything. Like it, I've been in situations where we've had to figure that out and that's okay. Like if you can start tomorrow, it's not a big, big problem if you haven't been doing it, but it's really important to know. Many people don't know how their offers are performing. They may not even know that they're not doing follow-up strategies. And for service businesses, like follow-ups is where the money is. So that's a huge opportunity that some people just don't even think about because it's they're too busy delivering and they're too busy like working and trying to help their customers and manage their team. And there's so many little things that you may not even realize that, oh my gosh, we could just do this like one thing or this over here, but it's because we're you're not even weren't even aware that was a possibility that could work well for you. <laughs> you just weren't thinking sure. about it because you're too busy doing your job, which is what they're doing. They have to provide that service. That's right. And there comes probably about that, that uh, turnover time, that kind of stage in business where actually as the business owner, you can no longer do all the roles. These roles start to become mm -hmm. uh, a part-time or a full-time job on their own. And I think as, as a business owner, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking because we've always done it that we need to continue to do it. Yeah. Um, I've always done the social media and the marketing, so we've got to a certain busyness. Um, we forget to think, oh, I, I need to replace myself for that role, right. for example, or outsource it or employ somebody or mm -hmm. find an expert to help me. What got me here is not going to get me to the next level. I think that happens about the 500K mark as well. Yes. Would you agree? That's been yeah. mostly my experience. So when I 
work with people, I typically will, that will be one of the questions I ask is because that's normal for that revenue level. Now it's not exact. It might be 480, it might be 600, you know, but it's pretty close to midway to seven figures typically as a business is going to start experiencing that. It's just because you're, when you scale, you're like building this next level of a plane while it's flying, but you can't possibly do that all by yourself. And so you're trying to like, kind of like manage the plates on the air and the plate is it's a lot and you start to feel very frazzled. And, and so that's when you can start to feel very, you know, overwhelmed. And that's where the, like we talked about the guilt will really ramp up if you're in that space a lot, a ton. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe the solution is rather than to feel guilty and keep trying to spinning the, to spin the plate. This is time to hire, recruit, and outsource, or, or get yes. advice. Yeah. yeah, and you have to plan that. This may feel a little scary to you because you're going to have to bring on the support like at the entry point to the next phase, which can feel hard for your profit line or your revenue line. You might be used to having maybe a little bit of this level and you have to bring it down just a smidge, but it pays off in the long run because then you're mental load diminishes significantly and then you can drive the vision of the company which is what as the owner you're really meant to be in that seat doesn't mean you can you don't have to stop providing services 100% you can totally keep doing that if you want i do still do that for my business but it's so key to give that white space to yourself to have less mental load yeah Okay, and when you said support, we're, we're talking about recruiting uh, yeah. or or outsourcing or- Delegating, uh, hiring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hiring, essentially. Bring on, and it makes, bring on help. Yeah, that's right. So it, it makes me think too, you know, um, people often say, you know, cash flow will stop you from growing. Um, and if there's not the cash flow to recruit straight away, it stops us from, from recruiting. Mm-hmm. But in fact- yeah. If we're smart, prior to that growth point, mm-hmm. we'll just call it 500K at this point. Really, we want to be storing up a little bit of what otherwise yes. would be profit so we can actually pay for team members in advance to get mm-hmm. us, you know, kind of catapult us over that next loop. So then the pressure isn't out of cash flow. It's actually I've saved in advance for those team members um, so I can grow to the next level. And you get the profit back once you reach the other side, 7K. You do. And you can do um, also, I've had some clients in the past when they've hired roles or even fractionally or as full-time employees, whichever, you can offer incentives, you know, off results, which is a great way to, if your, you know, revenue level is where you can't, you would love to hire them at this level, but your cash flow, you're just not quite there yet. You can offer some incentives and results-based items as well for it's a great way to you know incentivize incentivize a team member who is helping you to grow your business anyway so that's a great alternative um if you're wanting to give a promotion or give a increase in revenue at some point it's a great way to kind of start that process yeah um carrie what's an example of a business that you've worked with that has done this what were some of the strategies that they used to do and now they chose to implement um What's a story you can share with us just to kind of let that land in our, in our minds? For sure. I have a couple. Um, I'm working with 
two different business owners right now that are good uh, professional service examples. One is a consultant, professional consultant, and the other, she's like an integrative um, kind of, she has a specialist in hypnosis, which is really interesting, like service to provide. Um, And both of them have kind of one-to-one in-person services, but also have digital offers. The thing that's been interesting is beforehand, they were utilizing, um, when they came to me, they really didn't have any sort of clear cut, like focused, you know, kind of strategy around how to grow. So they were still kind of reliant on either one, one was particularly reliant on Facebook ads (laughs) for her evergreen funnel, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but having all of your eggs in a marketing basket is very um, risky. Let's just put it that way. So, um, and then the other was very, very reliant on another one, which is relationship marketing only. So one of the things that we have done with both of them to help them is to help them see the opportunity to kind of expand their marketing, uh, reaches without trying to be everywhere all the time. So we look for like the best opportunities for them. And both of them had a really big opportunity in the long form content space. I'm sure you're familiar with like blogging and YouTube, but a lot of professional service clients can get people from like Google, like using keywords and SEO. Those are very powerful opportunities. Um, And the other opportunity that both of them had was around follow-up there wasn't a very clear follow-up strategy. So once we implemented and we took a look at their business to see those opportunities, we started to implement some strategies. Both of them had a record months in January and one of them actually sold out her coaching program that she does because she also has a coaching program. Um, And part of that was because we were paying attention to and following up with people and listening to what they were saying. So when you do that in a service space, um, even if it's a coaching program, even if you're doing a digital offer and not just the one-to-one services, it has a huge impact on your ability to make, you know, make money, really. I think if we hadn't listened to those follow-ups and done those specific conversations with both of those businesses, I don't think that they would have been able to see the revenue that they brought in. And they did it without like feeling like their hair was on fire. It was very in flow. They had the support they needed. Um, They were very good about their mindset around it. And they were open to making changes when we noticed things not going maybe the way they were hoping to go at the beginning. So we made some shifts and that really helped. So, and that is all from looking at a very unique to them business model, like we business plan, like we weren't really, we were using some elements of some other strategies, but it was really about listening to their people and paying attention and then activating from there. So it was really cool to see actually, it was really fun. <laughs> I love that. I, I wanted to throw a recap those key things. So the first thing is having all of your eggs, if you were all of your marketing activity happening in one space and potentially getting super good at it, but actually leaves you vulnerable and there's an opportunity to do- Very great it's at kind it. Of like, you're, you're kind of saying like, let's do two things, two things. We don't need to do all the things because that becomes overwhelming and the yeah. might be diluted. But if you're really good at one thing, and typically here in beauty salon owners, we're really good at social. Um, we, that's what that's an easy one to get hold of. What's one yeah. other strategy that we can do to implement? So we've got a, mm-hmm. a two-legged stool, not a, not a single-legged stool. Yeah, there's like four different 
little levers you can look at and like just start yeah. to explore some other options out there. And then the second uh, great message from that is when you're creating, we call them leads, but people that are making inquiries, clicking on things, uh, replying to conversations, the magic is in the follow-up. And I think that's a really important message because we uh, see all this activity and we go, oh, why is nobody booking? Um, but actually we need to bridge the gap between mm -hmm. what we're putting out there into the world and getting the mm -hmm. booking. That's up to us to do the conversation, especially in this day and age. Um, there's an opportunity, like you say, in follow-up, whether that's following up client that's left or client that hasn't quite made it yet, we've got to be brave enough to engage yeah. and follow up. So I love that. Super, super great. Now, Carrie, you are a business owner. Um, what is a quote or a mantra or something that, you know, business is tough sometimes. What is it that keeps you on the straight and narrow and saying this one I got back in my teaching days and it's been my mantra. Well, I have two, but this one in particular comes from a Disney movie called Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> um, and it's an old Disney movie, but um, keep moving forward is my favorite mantra. Um, I've been using it for quite a long time and um, it's so easy. You go through seasons of business. You will continue to go through seasons of business that are not um, one of my past coaches calls them like spring, winter, summer, fall. Sometimes you'd be in a winter season where it feels very, <laughs> very difficult. And so it's so easy sometimes to want to burn it all to the ground. Um, but if you just got to keep moving forward, that's especially in the service professional service space, that's really important. Um, that's my favorite and keep, keep, it's a Disney, it's a Disney movie. Can you believe that? <laughs> from a cartoon but it's really it stuck with me so I was like I'm gonna just adopt it so I try to keep that in mind when I get into hard hard times or hard spots yeah I love that um all right what is a book that you've read recently or a podcast that you've listened to or something that you think all salon owners should get their hands on so I have a couple different books that I really love um especially to to tell people to read. Both of them are kind of mindset-y, but they're also really tactical as well. So the first is Playing Big by Tara Moore. I love it. It's an amazing book. And I'm an audible person, meaning I do a lot of audiobooks now because I'm so busy. So if you're really busy, both of these books are read by the authors on Audible. So if you do like to do that, like if you're into podcasting. Um, and then The Big Leap is my other one that I love by Gay Hendricks. It's a much more of a mindset one. So if you're um if you're into if you're in a scaling space or you're entering that space, both of these books are really great um listens. And then another, a third one I love is the psychology of wealth. Um, I just read that recently. It's excellent. So if money, mindset, and money in general is something that you're thinking about, it's a really great book. All three read by the author. <laughs> on audible if you prefer to listen versus read yeah that is me for sure that's that's how I managed to squeeze it in um I, I don't prioritize the time to sit down and read um but I can prioritize listening while I'm walking doing the dishes yes. vacuuming, driving same all of those things so that's how it works <laughs> yes or you can get them on kindle or actually get the real book if you want <laughs> yeah all right. Um, it's been amazing chatting with you, Carrie. Where can we find you, stalk you, look you up? What's your dub dub in your social? 
So my website's great if you want to know more about my actual business details. It's virtualsimplicity.co. Um, but I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram the most, I would say. Um, LinkedIn is where I spend a lot of time in terms of marketing myself. So just look up my name, Carrie Flynn, and you'll find me there. Um, and Instagram is virtual simplicity. You might see me talk a lot about exercising, <laughs> various fun stuff on Instagram. I work out at Orange Theory a lot. So, um, and I share more of my kids' stuff over there. So, if you want more of the personal vibe too, in addition to business, Instagram's probably the place to go. Love it. All right. Amazing. Um, appreciate the time that you've given us today. Thank you so much. I had, had the best time talking to you. Thank you again. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Carrie, I appreciate you taking the time to share your business knowledge and all of the parts of your business that need looking after in order to continue to grow. If you made it this far on the podcast episode and you're left wanting to know more on how to create balance inside and outside of your business, then let's chat. We work with salon owners all around the world who come to us feeling just a little bit overwhelmed and out of their depth with their growing business. They know they need to change, but they don't know what steps to take to get there. All you need to do is click the apply now button in the show notes of this episode. Let's see if Salon Mastery, the coaching program, is the right fit for you. As always, nice to hang out with you, connect with you, same time, same place, next week on the podcast. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.